Hello, and welcome back to the Simply Country podcast. This is the first time I think I've been alone in a long time. My parents took the kids to go boating, and Ben is fishing, and I'm sitting in the kitchen making breakfast. I mean, like, this is kind of like a rarity. If you are also like me and have a family uh, and all the things, it's very rare that you're alone. So hello. I'm glad to be with you today. I'm spending my morning with you guys. We are back at it with the Simply Country Podcast. I am going to do so much better about being more on top of it, trying to have more things in place that allow me to be consistent. That's that's my focus in the next couple of months. So I'm glad to be back with you guys. And Today we are going to be chatting with you about kind of the updates that have been going on with our farm and hopefully just like you guys can be a sounding board responding back, um, message me on social media, however you want to do it, email me, but there's so many things to learn and you are a wealth of knowledge and so hopefully we can just continue to always learn from each other. That's kind of the goal. So some of the things that have been going on with our farm is Ben has been clearing the fields. We have these terrible, awful bodark trees. Bodark? I think that's how you say them. They are awful. They have these ginormous thorns and they grow rapidly fast, it feels like. Anyways, they pop up, they sprout up faster than anything I've ever seen and they take over fields like nobody's business. They're pretty dangerous in the fact that once like a branch falls and a cow steps on them, they have these massive thorns and then causes a lot of abscesses on the cows. Um, Also for humans, we do step on them and they can go through your boot. Like they're a massive thorn. I want you to think like two to three inches all over the place. Like rose bushes have no business on these bodark trees. They're, and they're really hard to cut down. Ben always dulls his ch- chainsaw branch, his chainsaw blades on these boat art trees. So Ben's been clearing the fields. Uh, that has been a huge undertaking. A lot of the land that we have has been overgrowing for the last many decades and taking that on, giving the cows plenty of pasture to graze is a stepping stone in the right direction. It just takes a long, a long process. So I'm grateful that Ben is taking those on a lot of the time. And we are working on a garden right now. Ben is building um, a piece. He's using the chain link fence that we have surrounding our backyard uh, as part of a way to keep the chickens out. We have a lot of chickens and chickens love vegetation. So they've been entering the garden area. Uh, but right now Ben is using what we've got. So he's putting in some posts and then wrapping some more chain link that we have left over from other projects uh, around there as an extra guard. We're going to use that chain link to also build uh, and grow blackberries, blueberries up as the vines up on there. So it'll be nice and beautiful, very green in the future. So he is rototilling, tilling up the ground, getting rid of any rocks that are going to be in this area for future planning. He's making some paths from when clearing the fields. He's pulling out a lot of the rocks and using those as pathways. And last year, we decided when, not last year, when we used to live in Idaho, we put a lot of 
tree bark, tree clippings um, as our pathways. We had access to a local landscaper that wanted, he didn't have any place to dump a lot of those tree clippings. And so we said, hey, put them here. And we would pay or have like a trade-off system with him. And so we had access to a lot of that, which is great path walking ways. Here in Oklahoma, we haven't made those same types of connections. So what we're using instead is hay bales. So we are unfurling hay bales, those round bales, and pushing them into pathways. This is allowing us not to have a lot of weeds that grow up. It's a cheaper form for us instead of putting down like a weed barrier and then covering it with like rocks um, or other dirt on the ground, we're just using the hay. And then what's really cool is the hay kind of compresses and uh, over time, and it will actually just start to disintegrate and it turns into like, think of like black gold soil. And that will be over time and then we can just add more hay down to there. But it adds as a great weed barrier for us, it's natural. And that's what we're gonna use as the pathways through our garden. And Ben is also building like a little gate. He is a carpenter, so he really loves adding just really beautiful features around the area. He's using excess rocks that are from the fields, like I said, and he's making a fountain. And he found this really cool thing on Amazon that is a solar panel fountain. And so he's taking a big trough, like a a bucket that you would have your watering animals like a trough for your water animals and he's putting that and then building rocks around it so it kind of looks just like a fountain and he's putting this solar panel fountain water system inside there and so it just looks natural it doesn't take any power and it's from amazon so i'm really excited about the look of it um you can see the pictures that ben is starting to build on our social media page instagram and facebook simply country ranch and it's coming along pretty well so those are some of the projects that ben has been working on uh we took our business to florida for a teaching conference our business is called simply stained shop yes both of these businesses have the word simply in it so we wanted everyone to know that we're the same people and so that's kind of where i have been absent and ben has been taking on the farm and the ranch but we have been encountering some issues and that's why i love having like a great agriculture community that we can kind of turn to for advice or just conversation that ah, these things happen unfortunately we've had some chickens have i think it's called bulbous foot oh my gosh it's been like this is now the the third chicken we have found it started out as like an abscess and she has this under her foot it's like just really thick almost looks like a like a cyst or a callus on her foot and it's making it so that she can't walk so i was doing some research on this i I want to say it's bulbous foot i think that's how you say it and so these pictures just i mean it looks identical there's multiple ways it's like an infection they kind of talk about how it's like a planter's planter's foot, plantar fasciitis, I think. Uh, and this chicken has it. And they said that it happens from 
maybe like a heavy bird jumping down and landing on their feet if there's not enough cushioning like in your in your coop and that can cause like a foot injury it could be that they've gotten a cut on their foot and then uh fecal matter other dirt yucky stuff has gotten in there and then created an incident on the foot so and then there's i mean there's other reasons too so we've been trying to deal with that. I've been cleaning her foot, catching her. She's not that hard to catch because she kind of hobbles around. And I've been trying to keep it wrapped and keep it clean and trying to get any of that abscess out of it and using some like this wound spray, like an antibacterial type of thing. And I thought, okay, you know, if we don't let it progress, she still gets around just fine. She's going to be okay. And then another chicken had it. And I'm like, what? And it didn't start out too bad. I picked her up and it really did look like a wart, like the planter, planter's foot. Uh, and that's kind of what it looks like on a human. And then it looks the same on like the bottom of the chicken's foot. And so I've been cleaning that and, and like, ugh, it's super gross. But you can, you like pluck it out and then keep that wound clean. And that's supposed to make it so that it doesn't increase anymore um, and getting worse. But it's in like one thing after another with like the health of like the chickens. So we cleaned out the chicken coop. We added more hay in there to really just make it cushionier for them. Uh, gosh, we've been using diametaceous earth. I'm not saying, man, I'm not saying any of these words right. I think, I, yeah. So then that's supposed to be like getting them healthy. It's like a, a nice way of natural way of keeping like the chicken health clean for these little guys but it's just been one thing after another of a learning process my goodness it's been so hot here in Oklahoma that collecting eggs quickly one because I always forget and it's like been the whole day and it's been like scorching hot in the chicken coop then that I always forget and then I'm like ah it's been so hot the, the chicken eggs go bad so much faster and so that's unfortunate uh, I mean, they add as great compost, but it just feels like a waste. So trying to be more on top of those things, I guess it just feels like we have a lot on our plate and I need to step back, make sure our priorities are in line to be able to take on the bigger picture. And so that's kind of the health of the chickens has not been the very best, Is but I'm still trying to learn about how to do that. So if you guys have ever had any of that type of encounter with your animals, let me know what your tips and tricks are. Um, everybody else has been pretty good. We have about 40 chickens. So it, it is a lot of chickens. And so having the health of two go down is is a pretty good odds in my book because that is a lot of chickens. But I want it to be 100%. And we've also had not the best encounter with an alpaca. We have had Susie Q. She went down. Uh, we found one day, whenever we always do our, our animal checks multiple times a day usually. And she was totally good to go. She was up, she was eating. And then the next morning when we went to go check on her, she was down for the count. And she was laying next to a pond. And she was very lethargic. She refused to get up. So Ben and I picked her up, which alpacas are very heavy. They don't look it because they're, they're pretty skinny but they're very heavy. <laughs> so Ben and I collected her, put her in the back of the side-by-side -side and took her to the farm park. We 
put her in the farm park because it was shaded. It was more of a controlled environment. We could access her on an easier basis trying to get her healthy again. She wouldn't she wouldn't even lift her neck up which is a terrible sign when we tried to get her standing again her back legs would feel like they wouldn't they wouldn't stand up so i got onto facebook and i'm in a alpaca slash llama group for oklahoma and i asked the question told everybody kind of what we're going on and there was multiple reasons that people would come to they asked if we have deer that run through the property and because they carry a lot of diseases. And I was like, yes, we do. So then they had a couple of suggestions of maybe it was some sort of like a worm, some sort of disease um, that goes through them and being in access. So then I was like, oh man, okay. But none of the other alpacas, knock on wood, have become sick and the donkeys are also in that area. So we do give worming medicine to our animals trying to keep them healthy it could also be a heat stroke thing oklahoma has been hot and alpacas have a lot fiber they get hot easily they need to be able to get into water so then they kind of soak in there and keep their bellies nice and cool but it was interesting because our alpaca i say she passed out you know she she laid right next to a pond. So that was interesting. And she was in the shade. So I'm like, oh, is it really like a heat stroke? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, the vet, we did ha- take her to the vet. You can even do Zoom call with vets now. Um, and we have a great relationship with our vet. They are in Krebs, Oklahoma. Win is who we use, W-Y-N-N, I believe animal hospital and they have been super helpful in making sure that the health of our animals and turning to them for any types of questions so we've really been grateful that we have found a really good veterinarian and so they gave us um, a drench b12 has been very helpful to like recouping any type of animal that we've had we've used it on our sheep we've used it on uh, some cows that might need just a little extra oomph to them. So B12 is always great to have. It comes in a, a squirt in their mouth as like a paste. You can also get it as a drench. That means like it's like a liquid and you can syringe it to the back of their back of their throat. So I would always have a syringe handy and needles handy in or if you need to give antibiotics and whatnot. So the vet we did we started giving before i had just like a generic antibiotic in on hand i think it's la 200 and even though it says it's for cows and pigs on the bottle uh, one of our good friends went through veterinary school and she said that we could use it on sheep and that's what helped our little baby juliet get better was that la 200 so i did give some of that too our alpaca is trying to hit up any sort of like infection because my first instinct was just that okay she's got some sort of parasite and this will help kill it Uh, our vet said that la 200 is a muscle soreness and so then that could also be contributing to why the alpaca wasn't going to be standing Uh, so then i was like okay the thing i thought was going to work 
isn't working. So he gave us uh, some other sort of medicine. I'm not sure the exact name of it, but trying to make that helpful for her. Uh, if it was like a heat stroke, giving her water and food. Well, we first had like a, a type of grain for her and she gobbled that up the first day and she drank the first day. We just had her like a little low bucket and we lifted it up to her neck and she guzzled it down. So that was a really good sign and we were really hopeful. And then the second day, she wasn't eating the grain like she what we had originally given her. So we went to the store and got a Timothy alfalfa blend and she loves alfalfa. So we thought, okay, for sure, this will be great. And she did, she ate a lot more of it. And, and, but she wasn't really drinking as heavily as she was the first day. So that was a concern. We do have like a strap uh, that we were using to hoist her up, trying to get her standing. The people on the Facebook group were explaining that once an alpaca, a llama has gone down, if it's more than 24 hours, it's very hard for them to get back up. Uh, meaning like the health of them, they, they rarely start to have the energy and the ability to stand again. So we knew that was important. We believe we found her, you know, before the 24 hour mark. So we were working on hoisting her, standing her for a little while. Everything that we were reading on the internet was saying, don't do the hoist uh, on their belly. So we did it on her back hind legs and then in her front to hoist her up. And we just tied her against the gate. And that was allowing her to still kind of be stable, but we didn't have to hold her. So we left her standing for about 30 minutes and allowing her to kind of touch the ground and trying to see if she would put any weight on it. She would put weight on her front legs, but not her back legs. They would kind of be curled up. So it was taking a little bit of time in order to maneuver her to stand correctly. And uh, we did that multiple times every day trying to get her to drink, trying to get her to have the drench of like the B12 and some of the other like energy booster type of food and drink for her. And it was just some days, this went on for many days and we thought that it was going to allow her to get better. Some days they were great. Her neck was much more perked up. She was holding her head. She was moving her ears. She was alert and when we would get close to her, she still isn't um, very uh, loving of the people and getting near her. So she kind of would want to push her legs away from us, which was a really good sign because that showed that she wanted to be able to use her legs. But it was really mostly her back legs that she wasn't using. Long story short, we did what we felt was a lot. And we tried to figure out a lot of different ways to get her better repeatedly talking to the vet or different people who might have encountered the same thing and we felt like she was making some really good progress and then, then there was days that she wasn't and towards the end of the two weeks that she has been sitting in our corral and standing in our corral uh, she was not being able to use her jaw anymore the alpacas grind their food back and forth side to side and she was not doing that anymore and so it was just so heartbreaking she ended up passing away after two weeks so miss Susie q is no longer with us and all the other alpacas have shown no other signs similar to her 
So I'm, I, we're still at a loss as to the reason why. And so I guess my advice would be to monitor your animals closely. And I'm just hoping that we can learn from this and get them sheared um, maybe sooner in the summer times. Uh, so then that way it allows them to just have less heat on their body. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe worming them more often. Uh, they are susceptible to a lot of diseases, but it was very helpful to know that we weren't 100% alone after talking to a lot of the people on our Facebook group. People are very nice about, oh, we've been through that before. So even though I'm not 100% sure as to why our little sweet little alpaca has passed away, uh, I'm hoping that we can continue to learn and grow from this experience. It is very hard when you lose an animal and just feel like, like I said at the beginning of our podcast, the, the, the alpaca went down, the chicken's health, and it is our job to make sure that our animals are healthy and it just feels like some days you're never winning. That's that's really all I have to say about that. I'm just hoping to continue to learn and grow. We're so new at raising chickens and raising alpacas and all the animals. I mean, we're only about five years into this. So it can be kind of discouraging feeling like, oh, I have no idea what happened. So the loss on a farm is not easy. I think that it it doesn't get easier the more that we do this, the more that we have encountered loss. I do know that it is part of living this type of lifestyle. Uh, ben is has been the one that went ahead and buried her. We put we have like a decomposing section on the farm far away from the animals so Ben buried her on the far side of our property and Miss Susie Q is resting in peace now so thank you for reaching out you can find us on social media if you have any suggestions on what we could do next time or how we can learn from our situations and hopefully if you have some of these situations even though we didn't have a successful outcome if you need someone to bounce ideas back and forth from, we are here for that. Simply Country Ranch on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, <laughs> all the things. Well, my friends, I hope you guys are doing well and keep your head up if you are going through a hard season.